Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me is June Williams. Hello. And Jeremy Bratitich. Hello. You're getting a classic evening recording session like we haven't had in oh so long. Uh, the ones where we go a bit loopy and a bit, a bit, uh, we kind of drift in our in our uh, topics tend to happen late at night, I think. Um, how are you both? All right. Good. It was a, it was a, it was a shaky day today. Uh, how did earthquake? Shaky. Yeah, Melbourne had a big earthquake today. Um, I, read, um, I read somewhere that it was the only earthquake or the first earthquake since like uh, the, like Australia was settled mm-hmm. by white people. Can't remember the word for that. Invader. Um, yes, one of those ones, which is like you know, that's first earthquake, the 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 yes. largest since then, or the, mm. the the oh the 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 first of that magnitude since. Yeah. So I was talking to, I feel like you know people that have experienced earthquakes before, know what to expect and like know what it is and like mm. I guess have had that experience before, but you know there's. Hunt, you know, most people in Australia haven't felt an earthquake before at all in their life. Mm. And like, it was such a strange, I've never felt anything like that, obviously, but like, it was such a strange, oh, it was so weird. It was very, very weird. Yeah. And then like, uh, I, I, I tweeted about it after it happened that like, well, I'm glad that the rest of my day, like 30% of my brain capacity is going to be occupied by the fact that I had an earthquake. <laughs> and then I got to about two hours later and I was like, give me another. Like, I haven't felt that. I haven't, like, I haven't felt anything like that for such a long time. Like the, the thrill, the rush, the adrenaline, right? Like it was like something exciting happening that isn't like fucking COVID related. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty intense. I was sleeping and then I woke up and I, I was like, Ugh. But I just thought I was still dreaming until Sam got back to bed and like and was like, "That was an earthquake." I'm like, "Oh, weird." Yeah, <laughs> just bizarre. I've had, I had friends um, in the city that didn't feel it at all somehow, which really? is strange. Right? Yeah, maybe the structure of the house was earthquake resistant. Right. I don't know, but that is suck. If you were in the city and everyone else was feeling an earthquake and you somehow missed out. It's like, how did you not feel? Like, oh, I forgot to tell. I work at the trampoline factory. So, like, it's just... <laughs> Constantly suspended. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm quality assurance for moon boots. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you like, Is everyone okay? Yeah, my grandparents were, please call me back. I just want to make sure you're fine. Yeah. Um. What happens if you're in a car and an earthquake happens? Can you feel it if you're driving? Yeah. Yeah, the whole car will shake. Like, Unless your would... suspension's really good. <laughs> well, it depends, because if it's really, really tight, then you're definitely going to feel it. I think you want crappy suspension for maybe the, the car to then balance in and out. Because tight suspension I is, don't... like, stiff. Yeah. You don't want that. But like loose suspension is like, isn't there. That's like no suspension. I guess we'll just agree to disagree there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you're right away, this is a minimap 
uh, .com.au's weekly podcast. We, as you might be confused to, you might be surprised to hear this, we don't often talk about earthquakes. Normally we talk about video games. <laughs> uh, you can find all the things we've said about video games on minimap.com.au, uh, including um, everything on this podcast, our other podcasts, such as our Game Club podcast and our Kissability pop culture ranking podcast uh, called The Pecking Order. Um, you can find all of that on minimap.com.au, along with the occasional written word. Uh, you, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash minimapau to throw us a few dollars if you feel like it. Um, you could also give this podcast a positive rating on your service of choice. If you feel like it, uh, that would also be a great way to support us. And it's free. Um, also just want to say before getting right into it, uh, just wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv from their YouTube channel as the music for the Minimap cast. You can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Um, I have some things to say. Now I've made it out of the outro. Yeah. I have some things to say that I, I I need to say. Otherwise, I'll get mad, and I'm already mad. I'm furious. Uh oh. I, I don't. We don't need to get too into it. But if anybody that's listening has ever been engaged in any of the Melbourne protests, the fucking <laughs> dumbass fascist riots that are happening in Melbourne, I don't want you to listen to this anymore. I want you to take a good long hard look at yourself, and then I want you to go fuck yourself. Um, and oh. stop listening and we don't want you and you're not welcome here and to get fucked you n- fucking Nazi fascist piece of shits um, get the fuck out of Dodge that's that's it I hate, hate you I hate you, hate you. <laughs> we've been through so much and you have to make it worse for everybody because you're a shit stain on society and you don't know how to function I don't care Fuck off. You've just turned off all our construction workers, listeners. Good. <laughs> if Lindsay Fox is listening, no. <laughs> well, if you're still listening to this, we don't hate you. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for not going to those protests or anything like them. Um, and yes, those are awful and should not be happening. Uh, what are we gonna What are we gonna kick off with? We've actually got three. Four brand new games on this list. Four out of four. Um, can I kick us off? No. All right. <laughs> no, feel free. So for the last two weeks, maybe a little more, uh, I've been playing uh, Lost Judgment, which is the sequel to Judgment, which is a spin-off series from the Yakuza games. Um, it's not about, well, it is, but it's not about the Yakuza. It's about this lawyer turned private detective who goes around and solves mysteries or big conspiratorial mysteries in Japan. Um, this is my first time playing anything from this franchise or spinoff at all. Um, I think it's also my one. There are so few like modern day, just like life settings games that like, aside from like uncharted, you know what I mean? Which doesn't really count. Cause that's basically just fantasy. Like even then uncharted is like 
<laughs> the nineties. What? No, or, or the early two thousands. Yeah. What, like Uncharted Four? Yeah, he plays Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation One. He's got a smartphone. I, don't know. I think he's just got a PlayStation One. I don't think it's like yeah, relevant no, to the time. Like, uh, he's yeah. got a he's uh. got a smartphone. You can take pictures of Sully <laughs> with the smartphone, and then Rafe like hacks the smartphone. How much better would it have been if he pulled out a like Kodak fucking disposable camera? <laughs> anyway, keep going. Sorry, I completely forgot about all of that other stuff. Set in the nineties, <laughs> all I remember is Crash. That's the only thing that dated that game for me. And then I remember that oh yeah, Elena's on a laptop. <laughs> Yeah. In that scene. All right. So it's weird playing a game set in like modern day real life, right? It's, and like that it goes across a normal period of time and there's no magic. There's no, like it's, it's just real life, right? Playing, playing a game like that is weird. Um, But yeah, it's been really interesting playing this game. It's actually quite, it's quite well made in a lot of ways. It's a lot of like high quality voice acting. Um, but what I've really likened it to is it's like reading a crime novel, but it's a highly produced AAA video game instead. Like with high quality voice acting and cutscenes, and, and then a healthy dose of third person action brawling for combat in the middle. Um, yeah. It's a really weird heady mix. I, it's 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 interesting it's it focuses on like the story so for what i've played i've only played the story and i've i did like 10 minutes of golf on a roof and that's literally the only side mission i did (laughs) at all so the only thing i can really speak to is the mechanics and the story of the main story itself i have heard in reviews that like um a, a lot of some of the core detective work from the first game um, and some of the strengths of this game are found more in the side stuff uh, compared to the main mission. Um, but yeah, the, the, the crux of this game sort of focuses on bullies pushing like uh, kids around in school um, to the point where things go too far and someone gets hurt. And so this, you know, this private detective gets called in to look at it. And then it's like, oh, this teacher was involved in a case like this four years ago. That's coincidental. That's weird. Oh, and then, I don't know, it, it rapidly snowballs. And there was a moment, you know how when we played Catherine for game spoilers, right? Mm. And it's like, oh, I'm going to play this game that's about dating in your late to, late 20s, mid 30s and how men think about women and you know it kind of feels like a like a kind of deconstruction of like the premise you know feels kind of intimate and close and like it's a small group of people that it's interacting with and then by the end of that game you're fighting god right yeah this game does the non-magical non- fantastical version of that right where you go from literally investigating high school kids bullying other high school kids to then it becomes about this this current uh court case that's going on and then there's this new gang that gets involved and then there's a conspiracy involving like 
fake testimony and there's this conspiracy involving politicians and things that happened 13 years ago and it goes all the way up to like secret service police like it keeps escalating in a way that kind of cheapened the game for me um when mostly because their initial like two escalations right their initial like oh this is bigger than i thought i thought were actually really clever um and really engaging and like that that mystery and unraveling it and looking at all the details of it is really interesting and the next steps from that are really good as well um and leading up to it is another thing as well um but yeah they kind of keep going from there it's like whoa this is bigger than i thought whoa this is bigger again and bigger again and bigger again um to the point where it gets pretty silly um but yeah honestly i really liked playing this game in like a popcorn crime thriller kind of way like it's it's probably not going to stick with me for very long but i'm going to think back fondly on this game i think um have you played um mafia i feel like this is just mafia no no i haven't played mafia because that's a lot of cutscenes as well isn't it um they're long they're they're (laughs) long games um yeah two and three apparently very good and i've heard good things like i've heard honestly all those games are good three is like uneven Mm. um but i've i've read some really interesting like games crit on three that made me go like oh maybe i should give three a go but um, but then mm. then my dumbass mind is like well if i'm gonna play three i should play one and two first and then, <laughs> and then, I, then I don't play any of them um I, did okay so i am familiar with the, like the yakuza series I've, I've i've played through a little bit of zero but i've seen a bunch of it i'm not familiar really with um the now i guess the judgment series um and like the only thing I'm really familiar with is 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 the main actor because he's an incredibly high profile actor. Um, Who is it? I I don't know his name. He's incredibly. He's it, Japanese actor. Yeah, he's like the biggest actor in Japan to the point where the reason that the Judgment series is not coming to PC is because the his agent, uh, his publicist rather, one of one of the two. Um, sold his likeness to be in the game, like with his performance and everything to be mm. in the games with the console, but they didn't agree to him being in the game and it being sold on PC. Now, going forward, the Yakuza series wants to make its way onto PC with the Judgment series, and because they haven't signed on it, this might actually be the, la- the last Judgment game they ever make. Which, Which is- honestly, I think would be a, a, it would be a, a sad thing. It would, be not a, it would be a bad thing. Yes, and, and also because... The Yakuza series now is turn-based, um, which it wasn't. It was originally Judgment, beat 'em up, like open world, right? But now that this the Yakuza series has gone turn-based, there might not any there might not be any more Yakuza games that are open world beat 'em up games for a good long while because the yeah. idea was to make the Judgment series that franchise going forward. Uh, my question to you, Kerry, is: Does this make you want to go and play the Yakuza games? Or the even, first thing that makes me want to go and play is the first judgment. Okay, yes. I, I, that was going to be my other part of that question is like slash judgment. Yeah. No, that, that over the Yakuza games because I know the Yakuza games are different and like the characters they've got in this, you know, this isn't, this isn't a gang drama. It's, it's a crime drama. And the detective work and the 
the way the characters are, you know, Yagami, the guy you play, is not an asshole. He's quite a principled man. He's not a murderer. He's not a, he's not, pardon me, he's not Yakuza. Um, so there's no, I don't know, that, and that's just something I could vibe with. But like, it does make me more interested than I have been before. Okay. Um, you know, the combat's quite good. It's very confusing to start off with. There's a lot of words that they just throw at you. And then you, you're like, what is EX action? And what is snake? And what is parry during? And what, you know, it's very intense, sure. but it's quite fun. Um, once you get the hang of it. Uh, but yeah, the basic, but just like the characters and the voice acting, it's all great. You know, the animation's fine, but the game looks pretty most times. And like, then it goes pre-rendered like a Final Fantasy pre-rendered cutscene, And it's like, oh wow, now it's even prettier. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's the kind of thing I would, I would definitely recommend. Maybe not for full price, unless you enjoy open world tick boxing, because apparently that's where this game excels is all of the side stuff. Um, I think Yakuza and, is the same with that, isn't it? The side quest stuff is the best part of those games. Yes, and I mean, I think like best might be a little bit just like uh, maybe uh, maybe a little bit harsh on the actual story because from what I am aware of, the the story of Yakuza with all the characters like Kiryu and stuff um, hmm. is still like incredibly good. At least most of them. There's there's a lot of those games. So like yeah, a lot of those games. Or eight of them, at least. So yeah, it's um, it's been good. Is the main character the guy that voices Hal in Hal's Moving Castle? Looks like yes, uh, yeah. Takuya Kimura. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yep, yeah, starting yeah, yeah. The starred in Hero. The the the. The, what was it? Oh no, that's a different one. I was thinking of the the one set in like ancient Japan, the like kung fu movie. That's a different mm-hmm. one. But yeah, House Moving Castle has voice actor voice actor two thousand four. Probably the Japanese one though. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's the Japanese one definitely. Yeah, not the one um, that we know. I, mean, I tend to watch Ghibli movies in Japanese anyway. But oh, um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's a. It'll be a shame if they don't make more of these. Um, that said, uh, I kind of want if if they do a third one, I would want it to be a bit better than this one right. in terms of the main story's execution. Like, like the most interesting stuff I found in the story was yeah that two fifths, three fifths of the way through the game, and then they kept going. Um, and I feel like that's a. That's a kind of trope. Like I'm sure the first one did something similar. I know the Yakuza games, they go over the top always. Like I'm sure if they did another one, there would be something similar to it. Um, I just hope it would be more justified and feel a little bit less like Whiplash. Are you planning on playing another one? Not in the future, not in the near future. I have got a lot of stuff to play um, that I would like to play that's come out this year that's meant to be good. It's meant to be great. I'd prioritize that over judgment. But if I find judgment like the first one for cheap, like it just got a PS5 version. If I find it for half price or something, I'll definitely pick it up. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you for letting me say my piece. 
No worries. Anytime. I've been, pick... I've been bottled up. Yeah, no, please. Can I pick the next one? Um, Eastwood. Right. So, uh, I have been playing Eastwood. Uh, I I have I have not. Uh, so I'm going to preface by saying I have not played a whole lot of it because a bunch of other games came out. Um, I played about two and a half hours, maybe. Um, so I'm very, very early into like, look, I'm I'm definitely in 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 the initial, the initial act of this game. Um, the, the Can you pitch it? Pitch it to me, please. So Eastwood is a two D Earthbound meets Zelda is how I've heard it described. Um, which is which is interesting. Um, it, it is a a. So I'm I'm not sure because I I feel like I haven't gotten to the meat of this game yet because I'm not sure how linear it is at the moment. I'm in a very linear stage. There are there's like a town that that lives underground, and I play a miner who is very good at disposing of slimes. And the name, the name of the miner, I've forgotten. I, I honestly really don't know how, that much about the game because I'm so early. The reason I, I put it in here, even though I'm still very early in this game, is there's a couple of things that this game is really, really hitting for me with. Um, the character designs are really, really good. Like the 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 pixel art in this game is not like super like low. It's it's like there is more fidelity in this than there would be say. Stardew Valley, um, but less than like Owlboy. It's sort of like it's sort of in the middle. Like it's th- there's a decent amount of detail in in all these characters, but they're not like they're not extraordinarily defined. There's there's a lot of archetypes going on of characters and and like broad stroke brushwork of like w- what these characters you could imagine they look like if they're in real life, which is great because they're all pretty exaggerated in a way that's really fun. The character that I'm playing is sort of a raggedy old dad looking character big mustache hair that goes over his eyes because he hasn't had a haircut in too long lives in a trailer um takes care of the the young girl who lives in the trailer adjacent to him like cooks her dinner and stuff and is a is a fatherly figure to her um there's like you know there's a there's a rich guy who owns the mine and he's very mean and is very like uppity and classes towards all the miners there's like a cowardly miner who ran away when the rich guy was doing the inspection there's like these like all the shopkeepers it, it's all great and and there's a lot of like there's a lot of interesting not quite punk but like kind of adversarial nature of some of like the, the clothing um like there's there's someone who i've bumped into who's like torso is like the front of a car um which which is very like as if he's wearing like the the front part of of a car on his chest and so it and which looks great um and there's like a i want to say there's like a robot but i couldn't tell if it was a real robot or not um and you i've i've beaten up a bunch of like little creatures i think they were they were slugs yeah the, i beat up a bunch of slugs with a frying pan like it's it's th- this game is striking a mood and striking a very homely, comforting feel between the really, really strikingly direct art style that they that they've got going on, and the music and 
the the way it's telling the story, it's telling it like like an old school like SNES style game. It's dialogue boxes um, that are showing at the bottom of the screen, and everyone's got like really great little idle animations, um, and it's 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 kind of slice of lifey at the moment. Um, I I don't know the plot of the game just yet, but it's it is so comforting to play. I want to say it helps that I'm playing this on the Switch and I'm playing it like in bed when I'm like cozy. It is a cozy game. This is an incredibly warm game and the characters are really like, I don't, like I've just met these characters and yet I know exactly who they all are. Like I am familiar with these characters I've just met because they are so exactly who you would expect them to be. Um, And not in a way that's derivative, in a way that's like, oh, like you're really throwing me in the middle of something but giving me everything I would need to know about what has happened in the past and what is going to happen in the future. Um, I, I honestly really don't know how much about it apart from like every like the, the, the few times that I've actually been able to sit down and play it, I felt very... It's like a warm retro hug of a game. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel clunky like an old one, um, which, which is good. Um, it's um, published by Chucklefish, so... Yes. I guess that makes sense. It's got the same similar Stardew Valley. Yes. Kind of feel. Yeah. Um, I, I highly recommend anybody that is even a little bit intrigued just to look at the trailer for this game because, like, its its style is just so clear. Can I ask, Jeremy, well, is, is, like, Earthbound a thing you've typically gravitated towards I've, as a gameplay style? or Never played an Earthbound. Um, uh, it, it's more about the... Earthbound borrows... All right, here we go. So Earthbound borrows from <laughs> like a lot of the the mood setting and the motifs that like early like like eighties nineties Spielberg that that magical wonder thing that that goes on in his movies with like E. T. Close Encounters, Jaws to a lesser extent, but like that like the the wonder of his movies is is usually because Spielberg has main characters. Um, that are children and more often than not the parents are there but they might Spielberg especially there's very rarely two parents in a Spielberg movie um, there's usually only one and usually the the parent doesn't have a, doesn't have a, a complete control over over the children which is how they get into adventures like with E.T. Close Encounters all that stuff um, and so there's a there's a level of childlike wonder that that comes from that era of of film. Same with um, Back to the Future, I think as well. That to a lesser extent because Marty's a bit older, but like th- th- there's a there's a feeling and there's a mood that that gets captured by Spielberg in that era, and Mother and Earthbound plays off of that like to a fault, um, and 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 this is capturing that honestly, where like like you relatively are feeling quite small in a world that feels decently large um and yet something very important at least to you is happening at that time and so you have this great sense of wonder and like intrigue about like what is this this incredible thing is happening to me like and like who am i i'm no one special i'm just from a small town i'm just from a small mining village sort of thing right um they're playing off that in in a way that is that is hitting such a note it is hitting such a wonderful chord in my heart of like remembering that those uh childlike wonder movies of of spielberg of old um, on the, um 
On a similar note, I guess, has anyone played Deltarune yet? No. I've not played um, Undertale, so like... Yeah. Kerry, did you finish Undertale? No. Oh my god. None of us have played Undertale. None of us have completed Undertale. I I missed that, right? Like, Mm. I was not... Like, I was loosely aware of Homestuck, but... I don't think... I think it's sort of... um, I think Undertale is more popular than Homestuck. I think that oh, sure. it, it sort of, the audience really blew up. I think Undertale, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, yeah, it never really grabbed me for some reason, Undertale specifically. Mm. But I've seen a lot of really sweet things about Deltarune that if I cared about Undertale, I would probably be appreciating. Yeah, totally. I, I've, oh, I've yeah. tried to play Undertale twice and I just, it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'll come back to that. No. <laughs> I feel like you, once you know a certain amount about Undertale, it, it not that it loses its magic, but you're sort of, you're, you're not buying into it as much because you know, um, and, and that's not a fault on the game, um, but it's, it's more of a, like, you can, you can miss the, the aha moments of that game if you're aware of what that game is doing, similar to, like, your Frog Fractions or, um, Pony Island, right? Like if if you've seen the joke, then then it's hard to laugh at times. Um, but yeah, like you know, saying it's become too popular that it's not good anymore. No, no I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm 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 saying that it's it's hard to come at it from the perspective that the game is asking you to come out of. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah, Eastwood. I like. I don't know. It's it's really it's 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 it's, it's touching a piece of my heart that I thought it was since uh, Frozen and Broken. <laughs> <laughs> Ash <laughs> dust. Uh, June, do you want to pick, or Jeremy, do you want to go on what you what you feeling next? Yeah, you can choose. Where is your heart lying? I think I think going from Eastwood to then talk about Keener Bridge of Spirits, I think is is a natural um, thing. So, uh, Keener Bridge of Spirits came out yesterday as of recording. Um, I picked it up last night. Um, for those who don't know, Keener Bridge of Spirits is a third person action platformer um, that is released on PS4, PS5, and PC. Uh, this was one of the games shown off when the PS5 showcase and the initial PlayStation 5 showcase um, was shown. This was the only indie game, I want to say, in that showcase. What about Solar Ash? And... Those weren't there. Those were in a different showcase. Oh, okay. This was the one where they also announced Spider-Man, Miles Morales and all that stuff. This was like... Yeah, the, it's been too long. Yeah. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, the, uh, Keener Bridge of Spirits is made by Ample Labs, um, who, this is their first game that they've ever made, but they're not the first thing that they've ever made. So, if either of you have ever seen a, a animated short on YouTube that shows Skull Kid from Majora's Mask running through a forest, and it's incredibly well animated and incredibly detailed, um, they, in the past, used to make animated shorts. Cool. Like really, like really, really well done, highly produced 
stunning looking animated shorts. That was where they got their thing. And then since then they have formed a, a game studio um, and have released this game. Um, so I was reading reviews before I bought the game. So like I sort of knew a little bit about what I was going into. And like the prevailing consensus is that this game is good. It's not great. Um, and this, this uh, I saw... Uh, Nat Clayton on, on on Twitter talking about how this game is such a f- studio's first game. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit raw. It's a little bit, it's it's a little bit still in the oven, and it's a little bit um, idealistic in some ways. Um, that like they really went for something, and it doesn't quite land, but they certainly gave it their their all, and you can see the passion in it. Um, it's not great, but it's good. Um, and also this is such a, if anybody ever liked PlayStation 2 platforming action games, then you will love this because this game is just that with a PS5 coat of paint. Um, it is very like, you have a stick and the stick um, whacks the enemies with a heavy attack and a light attack. And then later on, through the game, that stick also turns into a bird, so you can have a rage attack. And all that's an impressive stuff. stick. Yes, right. It's a very impressive <laughs> magical stick. The best thing about this game. Oh, sorry, there's two incredible things about this game. One is it looks amazing. It looks fucking incredible. It is like there's that fucking age-old adage of you know, games are good and they look like a Pixar movie, and forever people have been comparing everything to a Pixar movie, Ratchet and Clank. Kingdom Hearts 3 with like them actually adapting Pixar stuff like it was getting very close to that point all that stuff blah, 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 blah. this is the closest thing that I've ever seen that looks to, looks to a Pixar movie there mm. are some seriously seriously impressive tech going on, going on and a lot of it has got to do with the lighting and a lot of it has got to do with the foliage density there, it, this game is so lush this game has got so much life in its world it's all in a forest foresty lands underground like um, tunnels with life th- through it and small lake pools at uh, lake pools uh, cave pools and ponds and and some waterfalls and cliffs and all that stuff it's it's a very green game and the 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 shaders on the leaves as they move and everything it just it looks so incredibly good and it it's got a, a performance mode so it runs really really easily at 60 and it still looks incredible I want to say the only difference between performance and and um, uh, what's the opposite of performance? What's the other resolution? One? Yeah, like the like yeah, performance and fidelity. Is or the word. quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the only difference between performance and fidelity, I believe, is the resolution. Um, it'll go from like checkerboard to like true four K, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm not digital foundry. <laughs> um, I don't know. Look at that. Yeah, I don't know. Digital foundry will be able to tell you. Um, they can count pixels. Um. It's just it's it's a really really great looking game and like the, the way the lighting interacts throughout the game as well, which is great because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of lighting. There's like a lot of moves have light emitting from it and like the 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 reflections and the um, the actual light being cast onto objects as you're moving around is really really well done. Um, but the other best thing about this game is the rot. Now I know what you think of when I say the rot. You think gross and like corrosion and like destruction of life no 
So there are these cute little fucking creatures in this game that like are like this big and they have very big eyes and are very animated and have like they're short and fat and got little arms, little legs and they smile and they dance and they sneeze and they kiss Keener on the cheek. They're called the Rot and they are the cutest little fucking things. They are so <laughs> cute and you collect them. And so as I've been going through this game, I now have 20 of them and they follow me around and they help me in fights and I can throw them <laughs> at the enemies and they like stun the enemies for me for a little bit and do like chip damage and then I whack the enemies and kill them and then me and my rot do like high fives and there's a dedicated button to sit on the ground and play with your rot and you can give them hats. I gave them all individually little hats. One of them has a pot, one of them has a mushroom, one of them has a little bird's nest, one of them has trees going out. It's the best. You should look up what the <laughs> rot looks like in Canterbury Spirits. I love them so much. They are so cute. Um... It's it, it's 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 a it's a pretty interesting game. Um, you are Kina. You are like a, a spirit traveler, spirit guide, or something. There are like spirits that live in the forest, and it's your job to basically guide them into the afterlife. Um, kind of like spirit fairer, but less slice of lifey, and more like if a spirit lasts too long, then they become aggravated, and you have to basically defeat them. Um. I, I'm not like 100% on like the overarching story of the game yet. I've put in about four hours maybe. Um, there's like a corruption that you're trying to stop in the world. Um, and I've met a couple of the spirits along the way. I've met the, these two uh, twins, a boy and a girl. Um, and they're like, like mentally, they're probably about four or five years old. Um, hmm. But like, and like they can't find their like big brother named Taro and like Taro is definitely a spirit I have to kill unfortunately um but like I found Taro's mask and they're like oh maybe we can use Taro's mask to like find where Taro is and I'm like oh um because Taro is not as good spirit anymore and I'm gonna have to defeat him and it's gonna be quite sad when that happens um but yeah it's it's very like you know look around, whack some things, find some more little rot, grow your little your little posse, and then beat some boss, go to the next area, three gates, you go into one, get some more rot, get a power-up, that power-up allows you to unlock the second gate. It's very like beat after beat after beat after beat after beat after beat, and it like and it, it's flowing pretty well. Um, there's nothing here that's outstanding, um, but there's nothing here that's bad. Um, it's just solid. It's like a real solid seven mm. um so far like i'm still pretty early but it's a really solid seven um, it does sound pretty enticing honestly and hearing some reviews also put it akin to like a zelda adventure game it's like yeah i could i could do that you know i could just do a random adventure game that sounds great yeah it's a it's a completely like inoffensive you know quick meal of a game um, I don't know how long it is. Um, for all I know, it's like fucking 50 hours. It's not 50 hours, but like, you know, if it is, that would be offensive. Um, it, it's, it, it seems, it seems pretty chill. Um, 60 bucks. It's not on the cheap side. Um, but it's like for a first outing from a new studio, like, you know, they did a good job I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do next. Um, they made a fucking fantastic looking game. That's for sure. Mm. Mm. 
right? I uh, I haven't seen you that excited about things that are cute in a long time. Oh, they are <laughs> so cute. They are like like if porgs were like crossed between like the aliens from Toy Story. <laughs> the fucking like you say that line, you're totally grateful. It's like those, like you, you know, those, those cute little shitheads. I don't know if you Google Porgs. I don't know if you've sold it, Jeremy. Porgs are from Star Wars. Uh, the little chickens. Yeah, the little birds. And they go. They, they are so funny in that movie. They are funny in that movie. Remember the fucking part where like. Chewbacca like cooks and eats two of them and like is about to take a bite out of one of them and there's like one that's like looking really cute and really sad that like Chewbacca's about to eat like its best friend and Chewbacca looks at it for a moment and is like really sad looking at this like little roast chicken in his hands and looks back at the pork and just roars at it to get it to fuck off and then takes a bite. (laughs) Oh no, he he throws it away. He was going to take a bite. Um, Yeah. He's like, ah, fuck. Um... Yeah. Google, which is what the rot looks like in in Kingdom of Spirits, because they are just fucking divine little beings. They're like the the little black mites from Spirited Away, right? No, they're more like, they're more teddy bear looking than that. Like, they look like a being. The mites are kind of a little bit vague. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they look like little, they look like little monsters, little gremlins, but like they're, they just... Like they just follow you and they just appear. So, like, so one of the one of the great things is that when you enter, like, say, you're walking through a forest, they will sort of like a couple of them will trail behind you, but then you'll get to say like an abandoned cart that's been tipped over. Um, they will suddenly inhabit that cart and will all be in like different little positions scattered around the cart. Ah, like, uh, that's like, cute. Just like, like not even vignetting anything, but just like in a deliberate spot um, and they will yeah. just inhabit that thing and then you move away they will like then disappear again and they'll you'll pop up next to like a waterfall for example and there'll be like a lot of rocks surrounding this waterfall like they will all be circled around the rock sort of like looking around at the water and like smiling and pointing at things and th- they 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 always have a place when they show up um, and it's it's just so cute it's so funny yeah it sounds like they've really nailed that yeah, they totally have. Their animation um, is really good. It's really, really good. Uh, the final thing that I've been playing um, is Deathloop. Um, so Bethesda Arcane, PlayStation exclusive, owned by Microsoft. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, immersive sim roguelite. Um, Develop other That's a lot of words. Oh, like so many, so many fucking, um, so many words. I wish I'd seen a trailer that really explained what this game was. To yeah, me. I, I really wish that, like, <laughs> like just you know, at one of you know, at one of the mini game events, they just showed off a little bit about this game, um, which is wild considering now that I've played it, they didn't do a very good job of showing off what this game is. Um. I'm I'm not surprised to hear you say that because I was the thing that got me most excited about Deathloop was the five hour hands on preview that kind of funny did 
three weeks ago and they were like oh it's like this and when you do this and the mechanics and then yeah. they open up and like when they actually told me about the game i was like oh that sounds wicked yeah and then they're like oh you, you gotta kill the visionaries and each time you come back things are the same and there's someone hunting you and she's gonna kill you and then you wake up and you gotta do it again and uh, and it's like oh, what and and look two two th- in defense of Bethesda's marketing team, this is a very hard game to pitch. Um, yep. This is a very, very, very intelligent, fantastic game. Um, so I got it on release. I played about an hour and a half when it came out. I didn't play any for a little bit because I was playing some other stuff. But I played about another hour, maybe about four days ago. And I played some other stuff. And then last night I was like, okay, I need to like properly play this so I can talk about it because I need to get to a point in the game where it has opened up to me and I can get to what this game actually is. And then I played about six hours last night. (laughs) I did not intend to play six hours. I started at about, this is incriminating. I started at about 10 p.m. Oh, you had work today. I did have work today. <laughs> and I did stop at about 4 a.m. And I got to wow. work at um, 8.30, which meant I had about two hours sleep. Um, and that's because of Deathloop. Um, because this game did open up in the way that, like, oh, I see what you're doing. This is very smart. This is very cool. And then it just sort of unravels and snowballs from there in a way that is very fascinating. And like, oh yeah, fuck, I forgot how smart the folk at Arcana. So what this game is, is not just a time loop game where you have to kill eight eight visionaries in a day to break a time loop while you have a rival that is controlled by an online character that hunts you down. What this game is, is a game where you are doing runs. So you play as a guy named Colt, who is stuck in a time loop where every day is the same. Now, that is a little bit disingenuous to what's actually going on. While every day is the same, what they don't explain is that there is a full day-night cycle in, in all four areas of this game that is happening at all times. And you can skip ahead... But when you're inside the game, you can complete an entire day in-game and it will then loop back to the beginning of the previous day and things will just continue to go. You have a gigantic web of information that you are filling in the gaps. So you have the eight visionaries that are, as far as I'm aware, as far as Colt is aware, are responsible for the day being, the day looping. When you wake up, you are not at the beginning of the days being looping. You are like somewhere in the middle, I guess. It doesn't really have a middle when something is infinite. But you are this this is not a new thing. However, Colt doesn't remember anything. And Juliana, your ex-lover slash assassin rival who wants to kill you every time you play the game, and by the way, is on a permanent phone call with you throughout the entire game and they have got, they have got the most amazing banter it is so so fucking good juliana thinks you're like the biggest dumbass and 
is such a great adversary. She just taunts you all the time, but she's been through all this before, and so has Colt, but for some reason, Colt doesn't remember any of it. So in his mind, he's fresh, he's brand new, and he's learning everything for the first time, but nothing is happening for the first time, and nothing is happening for the last time either. Um, and they play with that in a way that's really cool, where they have multiple cults talking to each other at the same time, which is really great. But you are doing runs, and so you have the list of visionaries that you need to kill, and you have a bunch of leads, and you can track a lead. Say, Frank spends his time in his casino. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the casino and go for this lead and see what happens. Enter the casino, walk around a little bit, shoot some guys, get shot a bit, find some information. It starts to automatically fill out my lead, and then it gives you more information about some other leads as well. Some leads you can only follow through at certain times of day, so then you need to decide when you want to go down, um, say, to one of the towns. This only happens in the afternoon. And as you're going, you're picking up weapons, you're getting better weapons, you're um, eventually, later on, you're upgrading part of your gear, you're finding higher quality stuff, and you're retaining and you're sort of, you're making a build like a roguelite. You are trying to find things that are going to work with what you've been working with you've got different abilities the different abilities will work better with different weapons and you are making a like i i want to hesitate when i say the word build because you're not really building towards anything in particular but like if something's going to complement something else that you've already got of course you're going to go for it you have three lives in any run the way the runs work is you can go in, grab some information, and then leave the area again. But you have to go back to the start of the area. So you can go into a place, grab some info, and leave. No matter what happens, you always keep all the info, no matter what, because Colt remembers everything. But if you die, you lose all your gear. Um, there are ways to infuse your weapons so that then they get sent to your armory, so you, you don't lose them when you die and you can then pull them out of your gear when you start a run. Um, that costs a currency that you can collect along the way, which I just found out last night. But you are building these runs, and they, they're getting harder and harder because you are getting stronger and stronger, and then um, Julianne? Juliana. Ju- Juliana. Juliana. Um, so th- there's a joke at the beginning of the game where Colt calls her Julianne, and she like flips it, like she flips out at you, like it's Juliana, <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Um, uh, then when you die, you lose everything, and you sort of have to rebuild or run. But then you think maybe I don't want to do that kind of build anymore. Maybe I want to swap my main ability. I don't want to have the blink ability. I want to have the I'm very strong ability instead. Um, and you have three lives per instance of a run. Instance being going into a mission, going into an area, finding some information, and then leaving again. Like, that will be, like, its instance. Um, after three times, then uh, that's it, and then you w- will die. Um, you can also go over to your deceased body and, like, re-pick up some of the stuff that you've dropped because you will drop some of your currency. There are so many things happening. There is this, this game is huge, and this game is... V- very, very intelligently designed with all these systems. They work together for each other really, really well. Um, it's kind of like, I'm still trying to like piece together how to explain this game because there's so much going on. Mm, sounds very intricate. It really is, but it, it's not It's not complicated is, is the thing. Once you get a hang of how it works to do a run, 
how how important it is even to go into an area with no definitive goal in mind. A little bit of information, and now again, that's totally worth it. And you don't feel like you're wasting time. Because in my mind, I was thinking like, I feel like it's going to take a lot of time for me to go in, grab some information, and leave again. If it's just going to lead me to go somewhere else, then lead me to go back to the place that I went to at a different time. And in my mind, I'm like, this is going to take so long. But the more I'm doing it, the more I realize um, the potential of every run. And the potential of every run is this really great risk-reward like conundrum of like, I can spend a lot of time here and grab a lot of shit, but if I spend too long here, I'm going to alert the entire island and they're going to come and hunt me down and kill me. Um, and worse, have a Juliana. Um, I mentioned before, I mentioned again, Juliana doesn't, like if you're offline, this won't happen, but Juliana is controlled by another online invading player. Um, I think she can be controlled by AI. Yes, she can be if you're offline. Um, or you can, you can turn it off as well. Um, but like, for the most part, if you're online, like, this is like part of the game. You, you want to have it unless it's like really annoying you and you're not like, if you're not too good at, get, if you're not too good at the game, you probably don't want to play versus online players. Um, but like, I think that's a really great way to keep the combat fresh. Hang on, what, what happens? So you haven't said what happens yet. Uh, she invades and tries to kill you. Um, like, and is an online player. So like the AI in this game is pretty dumb. Um, players are not. And so like you are then playing against <laughs> another player. Um, you have three lives. Juliana only has one. So like if you manage to, to kill her, um, then like you're safe. Um, at least for that instance of that run. Um, but yeah, it's like that's a... When you realize there's a Juliana, you're like, oh, fuck. And suddenly everything is cranked all the way up to 11. You have to either get the fuck out of there or you have to really know that you're going to fight this one because otherwise it's going to just decimate you. And it's that thing. If you, you can get in and out before Juliana is ever like brought into your run. So like, if you want to have a really quick run over to something, grab it, get out, you'll be fine. If you have a bunch of stuff and you have the potential to have a really, really beneficial run like there's a good chance there's going to be a Juliana called and you are going to get absolutely fucked. But you might get a lot of information out of it, which is worth it. You can lose all your stuff, um, which is super, super cool. Um, I got to about three o'clock last night before I was like, okay, I, I'm just going to fuck around. I've unlocked playing as Juliana. I'm going to invade some, invade some fools and and see what it's like um it's really fun being juliana um my first two games i played i lost um the cult killed me like really quickly like the players that i was playing against just like absolutely decimated me um and you also upgrading juliana as well as you're going through more and more invasions you're ticking off uh check boxes and doing challenges and stuff and then you're getting more weapons and different abilities and stuff and getting traps um and then my final game i was like oh look i'll just give it one more go and then i'll and then i'll finally go to bed and then my final game lasted like half an hour which was like there was a there was a tower that cult needed to hack and juliana spawns you semi-close to the tower and it's like defend the tower from cult hacking it all the npcs are all on juliana's side so i can walk around freely without any concern about being shot aside from if it's cold. Um, I can set up traps. I can set baits. Basically, I can do all of these things to try and, like, really get this cold. And 
I'm hiding on a rooftop and I've got this really kick-ass sniper rifle and I'm like watching the area and I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm like, where's the Colt? And I hear a couple of shots and I'm like like looking around trying to see where the shots are coming from and I can see a couple of NPCs running over to a different, different area that's really far away but some of the ones that are closer to me are just still on their natural path and I'm like, where's the Colt? Where's the Colt? I'm like looking around, looking around, looking around. Things go silent for a bit and I'm still just like hiding out, hiding out, hiding out, hiding out. I slowly look to my right and the cult is like right there. This cult didn't know that I was there either because I was perfectly still. And we both look at each other at the same time on the <laughs> roof and we're like, oh, fuck it. So we like quickly like grab out like our shotguns and we start like shooting and shooting each other. Um, I kill the cult. Um, but the cult still has two lives because the cult yep. has th- three lives every run. And so I'm like, okay, quick, run around, look for health, look for health because like I was fucking close. Um, grab some health. I realize I've got these mines that I didn't know that I'd crypt. Um, I set up a couple of mines, a couple of mines. I look around and I and I hear I hear the sound of a of a turret about to start firing and then suddenly not firing. And I was like, the cult has hacked that turret. So I quickly run over to where the turret is and I'm right above that cult. I am like five meters above the cult and the cult is looking, not looking up, just looking out and around. And so I jump and I land on the cot with my sword and I like fucking chop his head off. And it was <laughs> sick. It was so cool. And I was like, fuck yeah, I got one more cult. This is so good. I'm so fucking good at this game. And so I quickly run back onto the roof and I like get super, super ready, super, super ready. And I find a really good spot to hide, but it's kind of open from one angle, which I don't think he's going to come from, but he might. So I'm still a little bit paranoid. So every... Every five seconds, I'm looking over and then looking back again, looking back, looking back, looking over, looking back, looking back, looking back. And I'm waiting and I don't hear anything for about 15 minutes. I oh, hear, my God. I hear nothing. <laughs> I hear no gunshots. Um, I hear no chatter from any of my NPC friends. I hear not a single thing. And I'm like, I hope the game isn't glitched. Like, I hope the cult isn't AFK. I just like it a little bit greedy. I look around get further away from the um, from the comm tower, further and further away, knowing that I've got traps around. So, and if one of the traps gets set off, I'll know. But I don't know where he is. Looking around, looking around. Then I get to freak out a little bit, so I run back over the tower. Nothing's changed. All the enemies are still there. I'm like, this is, this is kind of freaky. I'm looking around, and I hear, like, the faint pop, 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 and I hear some shots. And then I hear this alarm go off from one of the islands. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I realized I'd been to that, the, like that alarm that's going off as cold. And it's like one of the other bosses. Um, and whatever cult has set off like the big alarm in that area. And I was like, I wonder. And so like I hop from building to building, trying to get closer with my super long range sniper rifle, get closer and closer. And I have a look over at the, at the island and I can see enemies running around, but I can't see the cult. And then this big thing shows up on my screen and it's like, congratulations, you won the game. And then it's like, <laughs> and then I was, and I was like, wait, what? And I was like, NPC killed cult. <laughs> just uh-huh. like the cult just died <laughs> to like the other NPCs. And I just burst out laughing. I was like, ah, you piece of shit. You suck. <laughs> um, they had just decided that they didn't want to fight me. And so they went off and did some other things for a little while and then came back, probably not realizing that I was still in the game. They were probably in yeah. for a rude awakening if they got through that area. Um, but like, that was like, like my heart was like fucking going for so much of that. It was so intense. 
Um, I feel like that's such a disappointing ending to like yes a long no. half an hour. Like it was, it was a very funny ending, and it was also mm. neat to remember. Like, oh yeah, of course, like they can just start NPCs. Um, and I could, mm. I could have used that to my advantage as well if I'd thought about it. Um, but yeah, it is like this game is just so many systems, and they are so not inaccessible, um, which is shocking considering how much is going on they, they they really they really give you everything in a way that is like you you can get it and there's a lot going on and you re- once you like your head starts to hurt a little bit when you realize how much is going on but, <laughs> but, but you still get it and it's like oh fuck they're so smart arcane is so smart i should play prey more <laughs> should play more prey um um i think i follow a lot of um Dishonored fans on Twitter. So like yeah. mostly the most thing I've heard is like this this just makes me want to play as in like people saying this just makes me want to play Dishonored again. Yeah. Like like I'm I'm honestly getting to the point where I'm like, do I want to play Arcane's entire backlog? <laughs> <laughs> like they go back a ways. Yeah, I, I, like, let me rephrase. Like modern backlog. Um right. the Dishonored's and Prey. Um <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm not going to go back and play, like, you know, the original Deus Ex or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, like, what a game. You're talking about the, the spiderweb Intel network of things you've learned yes, and Carrie, things you remember and stuff. it is a bit like Outer Wilds in that yeah, regard. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Outer Wilds, which yeah. I only remembered that I had played this week once you mentioned that. Um, and that that that's... I think my favorite part of Outer Wilds is that, you know, you play it and then you find the, the, you're like, Oh, that's an interesting landmark. And you interact with it. It's like, Oh, it pulled a ship in from somewhere and you go into the ship and it's like, Oh, the, apparently someone, wherever this ship was, I don't know where it was. There, there was an away party and they never came back. And, and then it's like, well, I don't know where the ship was. I got to find where the ship went so I can find the away party. Yeah. And, and then you, you go to the, the log inside the ship and it's like, here's how everything links together and there's things you haven't done on this area. And there's things that like the things, so this links to this, the links to this station that this planet links it to something that's on that planet. And that, that interconnectedness is um, it's, it's best trait. So you saying something like that is very positive along with all of the, like the gear upgrading and the, um, and the, the currency stuff, but also the stealth gameplay, like it sounds like it's really, it's really going to get me. So like, and what I will say as well is maybe the most exciting thing about this game is that, so like I said before, you have to kill eight visionaries, but because the day loops, you have to make sure they're all dead at the same time. And I have killed two visionaries, but the day loops. So they're not dead. They're alive again because the day has changed. And so what I, what I am going through and also what Colt is going through at the same time is, okay, I killed this visionary, but they're not actually dead because they're still alive. And so, and, and so, so what happens is I killed a visionary and I also found out that this visionary is sleeping with one of the other ones secretly. And that, uh, the, one of the other visionaries will go over to, um, this other visionary's house so that they can bang um, on like real on the down low, like really, really secret, hidden, hidden like, 
but that also means there are two visionaries there at the same time. And so theoretically, that is going to one spot at one time to kill two visionaries. And so what I'm going through, what Cole's cult is going through as well, is going through the webs, finding out where everybody is, what everybody's loop is, what everybody's like schedule, all their timetables, all that stuff, to then find out the way to make sure that they can all be killed within the one day. These two characters being together at the same time might not even be the way that I do that. It might be one of these characters might be with a group of another two, for example, and then the other one might be with a group of another one. So me going for, for these two at this time while they're together might not even be worth it if I can get three over here and a different two over here because that's five. And it's like this really great, like you're building this web to find out where everybody is at every moment so you can figure out the best way to knock them all off at the same time and hopefully break the loop. Um, that is the really, the really killer part of this story is that you're making progress without actually feeling like you're making progress, but you still know how far you're going. And that is really, really exciting. Like you're building up to that one perfect run, um, which is like, oh, fuck, that's cool. Like, oh, fuck, that's cool. <laughs> also, by the way, the fucking style of this game is just so hot. Everything about this game is so fucking sexy. It's all like, you know, the art deco fucking, like the the sunken living room sets, the fireplaces, the vending machines, the signage, like the music. It's so fucking hot. It is so, 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 so cool. Um, I have thoughts about what the game's message is. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what it is yet because I'm still fairly early, um, but I have I, I I have theories about like the elite keeping the status quo happening every single day, etc. Like I've got I've got theories about about what the game is trying to say, um, which is look the two main characters like uh, being black is no coincidence. Um, it's like this this game's got some stuff to say and it's it's pretty fucking cool. Right. That's uh it's definitely something I want to hear more from more games. So that's great. Uh therein concludes our what we've been playing section. Um what a week. we're gonna throw it to a break, uh, but not before we hear what the question for the week is. Uh June, what is it? Um, what's your favorite flash game does everyone have an answer everyone have like a what was your favorite flash game yeah yeah i uh everyone have like a quick answer off the top of their head or is it like a ruminating one like a Mm. i think i mean the quick one is the one i said last time which is balloons tower defense yeah (laughs) pick a different answer Yep, You've already used that one once. I know, I know, I will. I, I got I got like so many answers that come to mind off the top of my head. I'm very excited for this question. Yeah. Uh, have a think, everyone. We will too. And uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. Did you used to visit Miniclip? Congregate. 
there was one I went to that was called 2dgames.com or something like that for Flash games. June, what is the question of the, for the week? Uh, what did I say? What's your favorite Flash game? What was your favorite Flash game? <laughs> what was? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say this last time how I installed like an app for Chrome. Like I went to Congregate recently and I and you go to the thing and it's like, oh, download a plugin that'll let you play old Flash games. Which just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> just, just That's really work. sad. Yeah, it sucked. I was like, I'm going to play these old games. It's going to be great. Nah, didn't. Um, my, my, my first blush answer is a game called Dolphin Olympics 2. <laughs> and there were, there were games I played before this. There were games I played after this. But this was the first game I played on Congregate, which was an absolute treat to find because it was actually well-made unlike other sites that were atrocious to navigate and use and look at. Um, is this just, sorry, is this just bad Echo the Dolphin? What's Echo the Dolphin? <laughs> huh? I haven't played Echo the Dolphin. You know, Echo, that's his name, right? Yes, yeah, it is Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. On what system uh-huh. uh, an old one i want to say echo the dolphin was a sega sega no genesis christ was a genesis jesus uh mm... genesis uh I'm just looking it up hmm yeah yeah genesis yeah okay uh show me screenshots wikipedia no there's an ign review Ah, <laughs> uh, the Wii re-release. In the first installment in the Echo the Dolphin video game franchise, the player <laughs> character is a bottlenose dolphin who travels through time to combat hostile extraterrestrials in Earth's oceans and on an alien spacecraft. Published by Sega in 1992, Echo the Dolphin was published digitally via Nintendo's vi- Virtual Console 2006. What do you do in it? You play Sega, the dolphin and Sega you CD? fight aliens. Fight aliens. Yeah, that's not, that's not. <laughs> no, I was looking at, um, I just made it in like the gameplay looks very similar. Yeah, so of, it's um, the kind of thing where you start as the dolphin when you jump out, like if you do like a full flip, then you like speed up more when you go back into the water. And if you do another flip, you like speed up more and more. And the idea is you try and get as high as you can in two minutes. And there's like speed rings underneath the ocean and you can like, get fish to follow you under there. But yeah, it's like if you do more complicated tricks, which is basically just go up and then spin, because it's just with the arrow keys, right? It's just like go up, spin a bunch of times, and then land back in. Oh, it does look very similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, because Echo is uh, underwater a lot of it. Yeah, no, there's no underwater. You, can, you, do, you do jump, yeah, but it is different. The, the game is different, obviously, but... Um... Thank goodness. Yeah, you can jump and it makes you go faster under water. But oh, yeah, Dol- the Dolphin Olympics was one that I, I like showed my cousin and Congregate had um, sort of embryonic score tracking and achievement tracking. Um, what did you do in um, Dolphin Olympics 1? Uh, I think it was very similar, <laughs> but less fleshed out. But I didn't... Dolphin Olympics 2 may have been may as well have been Dolphin Olympics 1 to me. Um, it was so good. I don't know. It was like a good score chaser and it was one where you kept going and like, if you could get the speed going fast enough, you, you, you like went out into the 
into the fucking stratosphere and it was like <laughs> you're going past the moon and going past mars and going past jupiter and going past saturn like you could really get it going and it was always tricky because you had to you had to land nose first in the water but it only went down so far and when you were going into galactic speeds you had to be really close on the on the times because otherwise the dolphin would just crash into the sandbank um i know it was good what is there, what are someone else's first impressions first um answers my first answer probably i played a lot of neopets so oh yeah um i think probably termac roll or i think i definitely played the most hours in termac roll but snow monster was also another big one and fairy bubbles they were my three did i ever tell my neopet story on the podcast i think so probably go on though uh it's where obi-wan jazz came from um maybe not okay so i think i think you have but i definitely can't remember it so neopets you know it was around a lot when i when i was really young we didn't have a we didn't have a pc at home and some of my friends had pcs at home and had a a neopets account and were allowed to play for a little bit and we didn't have one so i wasn't and i was very very upset that i that i that i couldn't join my friends in neopets um and so what dad did is when he went to work he went on his work computer at work made me a neopets account printed off what the neopet looked like on a black and white piece of paper and <laughs> took it home to show me my neopet um and couldn't think what was it what neopet was i cannot for the life of you tell <laughs> uh like if if you show me a uh, show me a, I can I can point it out to you in a in a police lineup, but like I couldn't tell you. <laughs> like if you show me a picture of Neopets with their names, I can be able to tell you which one. Um, I'll um, I'll bring them up afterwards. Yeah, um, he couldn't think of a, a username for me, um, and so I was big into Star Wars at that time. At that time. Um, at that time. Well, there was a, <laughs> there's a large period of my life where I wasn't, but I, that was the beginning of me being into Star Wars. Um, and so he was like, well, he likes Star Wars and Obi-Wan is a character and Jez, I guess, makes sense. But it was like, I want to say it was originally Obi-Wan Jeremy or something or Obi-Wan, it might have even been Obi-Wan Cookie, which is my nickname for my parents. Um, and then it was like Obi-Wan dash Jez and then it, and then it just went to Obi-Wan Jez. So yeah, the reason I'm Obi-Wan Jez and everything is because dad made me a Neopets in 2004. Honestly, as far as parent made you. Yeah, I don't think you can ever change your name. I, I, I There's a reason I stuck with it is because I genuinely like it. Well, as far as parent made usernames go for young children, that's pretty okay. It's, it's, like, it's, it's okay, but it like works for you enough that like you've taken it into your adult life where you're also like a, <laughs> like in like trying to get into games media and yeah. have oh. made games and work like that's great <laughs> and believe me i've tried to rebrand <laughs> believe me <laughs> not I've so ha- easy is it jeremy i've had the thought of hmm maybe a disney owned character shouldn't be attached to my own personal <laughs> twitter profile however Nothing rhymes with Jeremy, and so there's no good jokes or puns you can make off of it. So, like, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> uh, do you have any fond Neopets or any other, like, any fond stories from any of those games, June? Um, I don't know about stories, but I just remember 
I, from Neopets in general, like I, I used to play it on my mom's a later, later, like I used to play it at a friend's house when I, when we didn't have a computer, but later on, I used to play it on mom's laptop and my sister and I used to take in turns. So we'd have an hour each on Neopets mm-hmm. on the laptop. And um, I just distinctly remember sitting in mom's bed on like school holidays playing like these games over and over again to try and get the amount of money that I needed. Um, just like those three over and over again. Yeah. Did any of you play Fairy Bubbles? I do not know what it is. I don't remember the names of the games at all. It's like, it's basically like, um, there's a, there's an established game already that's really famous that I can't remember the name of. Um, it's where you bounce the ball up and you've got to hit the blocks. Oh, bubble. Oh, wait. Uh, breakout? Yeah, Breakout. Yeah. Yeah, and it can go behind it and get the ones behind it. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. Basically that. It's basically that. But you have, Great. you have those fairies and shit. And I don't know. I was a <sighs> young child once. You just reminded me. You said fairies and shit, and you you just sparked off the 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 fire in my brain. Does anyone remember Adventure Quest? Yes. And then there was there was Dragon something. There was a there was a more medieval one in the yeah. middle. And then there was, was like the sci-fi one. Yeah. Then there was like Mech Quest. Th- those are the ones that was the beginning of booby um, banner ads. I remember the beginning. That was that was the beginning of me going on websites that included booby banner ads for those games. <laughs> like that was the beginning of like me going onto like a mini clip and stuff. And then, like, depending on the on the game that you were playing, you would see booby banner ads that were like just like very close to being porn. Just smut. Yes. <laughs> those those games had a ridiculous amount of content. Like they were so deep. And some of the gameplay was actually quite decent. And some of the stuff you could get and the customization, those games were decent. So far as I yep. remember. Yep. Citation. Um, <laughs> what about you, Jeremy? So I, I, I wrote it down last week because I was definitely going to forget it. And I'm glad I did because I definitely did forget it. <laughs> There's a game called Shopping Cart Hero. Oh, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, so this was a game where you were stick figures and you had a shopping cart and you went down the hill and then up a ramp and you had to go as far <sighs> and as high as possible and as fast as possible. And, and you got you got things to make you heavier so you went down the hill faster. Yeah, so you got like yeah, weight. I do remember there this. was jets, there was more um like more people in the cart. More people. <laughs> um and different wheels. And like, I want to say like it maybe a different, maybe like wings or like a, like a, like a glider or something. Um, that's an early one. That's like a, that was a really good one that I remember from, from primary school. Um, there's another one that I've thought about many times for many years and I do not know the name of it. So if anybody yep. listening that knows this, knows this game, please tell me it was a, it was a shockwave flash game that was in 3D and it was a racing game. And it was very, very basic. It was like, it was almost vector-based 3D art, but it probably wasn't because it probably wasn't. Um, the track was really simple. It was just brown with like a black circuit and these cars would go up ramps and some of them were really, really, really fast. 
and all the car shapes really basic. It was triangles and squares and 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 circles for the tires. It was super super fucking basic. And the, the UI design reminded me of like a wipeout. Um, and I don't have any more information than that. But I remember playing that game for ages and ages and ages. Uh, I also remember. I don't know if either of you ever played Three Foot Ninja. On no. mini, on mini clip no. that was mini clip's premiere game for a good long time, um, and I don't know if either of you ever went on Cool Math Games. Yes, yes, definitely did go um, on Cool Math Games. Oh, Cool Math Games, just the pinnacle of really good games. And I just <laughs> thought of one more, which is not quite as doesn't it does not quite as in my heart as the rest of these. But y'all remember Mathletics? Yes, yes, I that's remember what, Mathletics. When you said that, it reminded me of it. I love Mathletics. Oh, the fucking, it was pretty good. The live Mathletics where you had to type. like as yeah. Fast. yeah. Oh, so good. I remember... What che- a good way to get kids to fucking do math. I remember cheating in that game so much. <laughs> what? Yeah. Or did you use a calculator? No, no, because calculators to take too long. Um, so what you did is you... When you started a challenge... Because, like, the point of that game, right, was to look the coolest, right? That was the entire... Because there was so many... So many different, oh, yeah, the cosmetics. There were so many cosmetics in that game, right? The Like, that was where my love of Uncle Sam hats came from, was that game. Um, <laughs> the... the <laughs> June looks really distressed. Um, uh, that game... What happened to <laughs> um, If you started... Uh, a course in athletics that you had never done before and you got one answer out of 10 right, then you got 10 coins. You then went through and got two out of 10 right the next time. Uh, you beating keep, a high score. Beating your, beating your high score gave you currency. And so I was shit at the beginning for everything. And I just like bumped my way up for every, I grinded mathletics to get all the money that I could afford <laughs> every piece of cosmetics so that... The girl that I liked in my primary school class would think that I was cool when everybody was in the computer lab and press go at the same time to like do mathletics. And then we would all turn around and point to whoever was in our mathletics game because there's only four. And we would go, You're in my game, you're in my game. And I was like, Oh, I got the girl that I had a crush on. Her name was Stacy. I got that girl in my <laughs> mathletics game so many times. And I crushed her. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so shopping, cart, specific. shopping Cart Hero was, was a game that I played a lot as a kid. Um, I'm just going to rattle off, rattle off some more. Yeah, um, please. Please do. Does anyone ever play the Lilo and Stitch Sandwich Maker game? Mm. No. You're going to collect the sandwiches as they fall from the refrigerator. Disney Interactive back then had so many great games yeah. on their website. Um, Quop, I think needs a mention. Yeah, Quop's Legendary. A, Quop's a, Not that like you can play Quop for more than like 10 minutes at a time, but like it's pretty fun. And then uh, Robot Unicorn Attack, I think. Yeah. Oh. To mention as well, just because it's pretty formative yeah. Yeah. for me. <laughs> I think... I think a lot of those, like, I think I mostly played uh, when it was um, integrated to Facebook. Um, I see Tower. And, yeah. And um, 
and I don't know, just like having Facebook games and trying to beat your friends and seeing your friends score and stuff. Yeah. Like peak in yeah. time of my life. Facebook games and Facebook leaderboards for Facebook yeah. games were amazing. That was when yeah. I got into Tetris was when I just had friends at high school who were on Facebook and they weren't, they weren't gamers mm. like, like, like me, but like <laughs> we'd play Tetris. Like it'd be like, Oh, Hey, I saw you got this high score. Oh, you beat me the other day. And then all of a sudden for a week, for a couple of weeks, there were five, six, seven of us all trying to one up each other in Tetris. Mm. Yeah. It, it was awesome. And, um, for me, I think the main two, yeah, were Ruby New Attack and Farmville. But yeah, Farmville yeah. was less competitive and more just like, hey, give me money or whatever you ask for from your friends. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. And did you like hate the one of your friends that uh, that their parents fucking uh, invites all the time? No, no, like that their parents actually allowed them to spend a little bit of real money in it, and they had like <laughs> the perfect farm. And you're like, fuck you, Gabby, you fucking your farm <laughs> is so, you're much, rich. so much better than mine, is because you've spent real money. <laughs> That's how I became a socialist. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Zynga. Yeah. Uh, do you all uh, remember Red Remover? No. Okay. I'm gonna Google it. Google Red Remover. It might have been a little bit, a little bit more later. Um, a bit more my generation. Yeah, never, never seen it before. Okay. Oh no, I did play this. This was really sweet. Yeah, that this was, was a, a great puzzle game. Yeah, yeah. Red Remover was real good. You have to click. What is, when um, you clicked the blocks, they disappeared, and you have to get rid of the red ones, but not the green ones. Yeah. What is that game? I don't know if I can. Um, you have to try and stay in the house as long as you can, and there's there's a couple, and they're breaking up in front of you, and they ask you to leave, and it kind of became a, a meme for a little bit oh, there. Oh yeah. You know what I'm about? Yeah. Um, couple. Um, it was like dinner party game. Yeah, or something. and like the person, the, the guy telling you to leave, like that has become like a a meme, I think, but I can't, what's it called? Is it called It's Over? No. No, that's something else. Um, Have you ever played Indestructo Tank? Uh, I, I remember seeing that through like the, the Flash, best Flash games. I, yeah. I have a vague memory of it. That one was real fun. Did any of you ever get into like stick fighting games that much? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that main one that I can't remember um, the name of that Aaron used to play all the time. It's like stick wars or whatever. Yeah. Was there, were, there were a bunch of them that were like, there was one I played a lot of when it came out and it was this, it was one that was sort of like a pre-done sequence but then yeah, it kind of just became like a normal fighting game and you had to get through this whole gauntlet and when you beat each level the the stick man would have this really cool and you were fighting along a desk like an office desk and every time you beat like the stage um there'd be this really cool animation of the stick person like like flipping up over the edge of a pencil spring springing off of a ruler to get to the next section and then there were even tougher bad guys um yeah i've played so many stick fight games they were so good um facade is the name of the game i'm thinking of Right, okay. I don't so, think it was. It wasn't a Flash game. It just was sort of reminded me of it. Ah, uh, like, yeah. Do I remember like the idiot test? <laughs> games where you got to click on button and it's like, press the red button twice, then the green button once, and you had to like... I do remember that. Those were, those were stupid and fun. Um, 
feel like I had another another one just before. Gone. I mean, like Lion Rider is a classic, also. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That's like a like a legendary one. And the ones that were like trials as well. I mean, there were a hundred of them, but the you know the little BMX ones. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely played the BMX ones. How cool was it that we had those games? Yeah, they don't. Mm. I mean, I was going to say they don't exist anymore. They do exist. They're just on phones now. Yeah, they're just mobile yeah. games now. But they're full of disgusting monetization. Like these yeah. never had any monetization schemes in them. They were just free games yeah. that were some of them really high quality. Yeah, yeah. Have, I'm kind of. I mean, I know it's like a totally different age, and you know, kids grow up differently now, or whatever. But like, I have such like a distinct memory of going to the library at lunchtime to play flash games and like it's kind of sad that kids don't have that they can just pull out their mm. phones you know you don't all go and sit around the one computer and play games together yeah. at lunchtime yeah, totally. you know? <laughs> i don't know it feels you know what do kids use libraries for these days if not for playing flash games on the computers? <laughs> i uh, i remember the time that our music teacher slash it teacher <laughs> at primary school um uh, had to ban Newgrounds from the school computers <laughs> to which I was like, there's nothing even that bad on there. Although what we thought was bad on there at the time was like madness animations, right? Where they were like really bloody. And now I know that it is so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Newgrounds um, at that time was like pretty fucking, you know, a teenager's wild west. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so many games. There was a there was one I played that was like a it was like a tank arena game, but just top down. But it was made out of bubbles, right, and then okay. you got like different formations of different bubbles, and they like click onto your tank, and then you'd get like more blasters or better shields and stuff like that. And you had to it was procedurally generated, and God, that game was fantastic. Bubble tank, I I don't remember what it's called, but it was fantastic. So many games I don't remember what they were called that I spent a lot of time in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The the thing the game that seems to come up a lot when you type in like best flash games is like Crimson Room. Did you ever play Crimson Room? No, I don't know. It, it looks really interesting, well. but I never I never played it either. Is it like a room escape game? Or- yeah, it looks like it. Um, but I like I don't know I like the art style. I feel like you could bring that out now on Switch and it would be. Mm. It's like a, <laughs> it's like an Umarungi yeah. color palette. Yeah. Harsh 3D objects. Yeah. Crimson Crimson Room Decade on Steam. Mm. Released June 10th, 2016. 38 reviews. Mixed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go, everybody. We got any more, anyone? I think I'm tapped out. Yeah, I think I've exhausted my list. Yeah, that's all. That's all I can think of. I am sad that we can't play them anymore. Yeah. Yep. Me too. I didn't realize I'd want to until I can't. And now they're gone. <laughs> uh, Don't it always seem to go? I think, I think I found my Neopet. Oh, oh I've been wondering what you've been it. doing over there. Yeah. This is the one. Um, I've got it. It's it's a Yerbal. Um, I'll, I'll post an image of it in our, in our chat so you can both see it. Um, this was the one that was, this actually even the same color. So that was, that was my Yerbal. That was my pet. 
Oh, the tiger kind of the lion. Yeah, the, bear the, thing. the little yeah. lion bear. Yeah, that was that was mine. Which which chat? Where are you putting this? Sorry, in the Zoom chat. Oh, it's not there. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, did you DM, DM me? Oh, DM, 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 DM. <laughs> Very important DM. Yeah. <laughs> oh, little tiger thingy. Lion. So, yeah, that was mine. Yobel underscore old. Don't give. <laughs> Don't give. Uh, well, that was quite the question. What's coming up next, June? So we're kind of doing something a little bit different, I feel. It's not a straightforward question this time. It's going to be um, what do you think are the top Switch games on Metacritic? Like what's one, two, and three? Top, rate, top rated on Metacritic? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Cool. I just written that in the doc so we don't forget. Um, oh, thank you. Yes, this is going to be like, we're going to each come with our own three answers and then we're going to verify them afterwards. See Do you know, does anyone, does anyone know if this counts remakes and remasters? There's a good chance it does. It, yeah. it probably will. Okay, we cool. can just omit those. Because that's okay. kind of boring. Yeah. What about like Mario Kart 8 though? Like that, that got like new life on Switch. You know what I mean? Like. That's fine. Yeah, we can, we can decide. Okay. And then if, if they come out with the, with the Wind Waker on Switch, that would obviously be number one. I mean, no, but, like, it would be up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got a couple of things to get through at the end of the show here, but we're also going a little long. So we're going to see how long this goes, but we've got a, a priority of list of things we want to talk about. First up on the list is oh. a little bit of a spoilery discussion for the game 12 minutes. Now we spoke about this a number of times on the podcast over the last month. Jeremy beat it this week. Kinda. I beat it about been, three or four weeks ago. I've been promised a rant. Yeah. So yeah. I want you to go all out, please. Yeah. So Jeremy and I were we were discussing this a couple of like a couple of days ago when Jeremy finished it. And so I was I'm like, I'm also going to preface before, it by saying I didn't actually finish it. I got to the point where like I was, I I would be close to finishing it, but then the game kept on crashing when I launched it, and so I just looked up the ending on YouTube and how to get how to get to it. So for more <laughs> all intents and purposes, I finished it. Yeah, I, I reckon. And and we were having this discussion, and I asked the question to Jeremy: Where would you rate the game before you started playing the last? Th- what I want to say, third is what you had left, or quarter? Yeah, yeah, a little bit more than a quarter, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I said. I said, how would how would you have rated the game? And what well, you said, six to six point five. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, sitting at a solid six, maybe six point five. Yeah, for me, I think before that last quarter, I would have given it like an eight, eight point five. Uh, and then Jeremy, where would you rate it now that you finished the game? Like a fucking four. <laughs> really? Yeah, and four is like. It's a finished game, and it's got Willem Dafoe in it. I'm very excited to hear your reasoning. Jesus, fuck. So we're just going to talk about some of the story details, right? I was really... And and something to point out as well is Jeremy hit some of the boundaries of the game in terms of uh, the openness of the mechanics or how open it wanted 
you to feel like it was, but then Jeremy kind of found the seams of it. You know what oh, I mean? And kind I of like a like our old design teacher kind of that couldn't box. help but poke holes in it kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> really hit the edge of that fucking game over and over again, trying to like <laughs> let me do the thing. And the game's like, hey, oh no. Fuck yeah. You. Or like it kind of gave away information to you before it should have. Like Yeah, the game so like, like spoiled parts of it for me by mistake, by characters having conversations, referencing conversations that I hadn't had yet in the game. And I was like what the f- what are you talking about? And like, just gave me some spoiled part of the game for me because it just glitched. Yeah. And I d- I didn't have those, so I'm I'm a bit more positive on it personally because um, I enjoyed the gameplay and I think that just had me at a higher baseline than Jeremy. Um, however, we both got to the ending and it both went a bit near. <laughs> um, but so how does it start? You're playing this guy who's in a time loop and he's trying to figure out what's going on, right? And then uh, every every five minutes after the time loop starts, this cop, quote unquote, comes in, breaks your door down, hand hand ties both of you, and kills you both. Uh, looking for a watch and claiming that your wife uh, killed her father twelve years ago or something like that. Um, and so it becomes about trying to figure out who, like, what what the the cop is saying and stuff like this. And so you could do things like hide in the cupboard so that like right as you enter the room so that neither the wife nor the cop know you're there. And then they have a conversation that they only have if it's only the two of them. And it's a, and she confesses to, she did kill her father. And it's like, Whoa, that's a big twist, right? That's like an hour in. And, and she finds this, she stole this watch and that's what he's after. And then you're like, why does he want the watch? And so then you can like, you can knock out the guy eventually with like a faulty light switch and tie him up and interrogate him. And he needs the watch because his daughter has cancer. Right. And it's like, whoa, that's intense. And then you can get the daughter's number from his phone and get in the cupboard and call the daughter and say, Hey, your dad's coming to hurt us. Can you like call him? And she's like, fuck you. And then he comes in anyway. So you got to like persuade her to like talk to the, talk to the the cop before he comes in. And so kind of like all of these twists are like interesting. Like I kind of like them, like they're kind of within the realm of possibility. And like, I didn't mind them basically all the way up until that point. And there's, there's fewer things. And the way you go about doing that is like trying to figure out the, the way to set up the loop. You know, you need to, you need to drug your wife to go to sleep for the cop to go into the room, to turn on the light switch, all of that it's stuff. Up, right? By the way, it is fucked up. Yeah. Um, Polygon. I want to say Polygon or Kotaku had a big thing about, had an article about how this game hates women. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is important to read. Yeah. This game is so fucking awful to like the, 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 the two women characters in this game. Yeah. Like one is used as emotional vice for the man and the other one is used just in whatever way you want for the main yeah. character, which is fucked up. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so like that's, that's like the baseline. Do you reckon I've summed it up for the start, Jeremy? Yeah. It's an order operations puzzle game. Yeah. And yeah, but your, your main like, character, like in Deathloop, retains all this information and then can do different actions based upon the information that that character knows. And you can have conversations with them too. Like you can convince your wife that you're your wife that you're in a time loop. And then eventually you can you can give the watch to the cop before he comes in, so he hopefully he turns around. Most times he doesn't. Yeah. Like you can start having conversations. There's a time where you kind of line it all up and then you have the right conversation with the with the cop after he has a conversation with the daughter, after you've had a conversation with the wife, you've got the watch. He leaves with the watch. He's going to go pay for his cancer bills. She's like, I didn't mean to do this or it didn't go like that. And he's like, oh, it didn't go this way. Okay, I'll find out what happened. And then you li- and then the cop leaves and it's like, oh, everything's okay. And then the loop restarts, right? 
So it's like, oh no, I thought I got the perfect day. What's wrong? And you keep talking to the cop when he's handcuffed and you're interrogating him and talk about how, how does this twist work? It's you the, determined that you're, she's that the wife too. She's she, the, the wife is pregnant, which is an important thing to point out because you can kill the wife, which also means killing your unborn children. And it's yes. like, it's, it's grotesque. <laughs> it is grotesque. I do want to say, I probably wouldn't have done it if you hadn't mentioned it to me. <laughs> Well, like it's an awful scene. Well, yeah, it's it's a, it's a terrible scene, and like, because I was like, I wonder what happens if you like stab the wife, and it turns out nothing. You don't get anything for it, but it, it allows no, you, you to don't do get it. anything. And like, there are things in this game which it doesn't allow you to do, and for some reason, it allows you to do that, and I don't know why. Um, and like you, like I, when I did that, I was not aware that my wife was pregnant. Um. And it fucking sucks. And you're still drugging in so many runs your pregnant So wife. many runs. Like, it's, yeah. it's a, it is a required step in this game to drug your wife to get her to, to, to pass out on the bed so that you can, like, use her as bait, essentially. Yeah, basically. So then you're talking to the, to the guy and, and the cop says, oh, her, her father, I was really close to him. And he had a bastard child that his wife wasn't happy with, that your wife's dad's wife wasn't happy with. Your wife's with dad had nanny. an affair with the nanny. Dahlia. Yeah. And so you, you figure out that like, and so it's something about this child and it was like, Oh, it turns out this thing didn't happen in this way, something, something. And then they're like, Oh wait, hang on. What did you say the wife's, the, the, the nanny's name was? Oh, was it Dahlia? That's, and then the protagonist, the husband you're playing is like, that's the name of my mum. So it turns out that somehow you, the husband, are the illegitimate bastard brother of your wife. So your half brother and sister, your husband and wife somehow in this setup in, in an, an unknowing and incest, incestuous relationship has happened. So somehow both of like the, the, the boy who was like, not that. So the husband who kind of knew the father, but like has just kind of blocked all this stuff out and had this relationship with this person. And then, and now it's all coming to light in this time loop, right? This, what has that got to do with the main arc of the story? Yeah, right? <laughs> this feels very like, fuck, we've got to think of something really cool to do at the ending that no one's going to see. And it has to be weird and gross for some reason. Yeah, it has to be Because we want to be edgy. Yeah, we want to shock be edgy. edgy. Yeah. And, okay, go on. And so it gets worse, is the thing. Like, this sucks. I think you and it, take, it, it, take it from here, because you've played it more recently. Oh, it gets fucking worse. And so then you, you start going into these... You start going into these like flashback scenes with you, the 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 husband slash brother, um, <laughs> and her father, and your father, your um, father, yeah, sorry, for and her, um, their father, <laughs> our father, um, <laughs> and voiced he, by Willem, which is weird, because Willem's the, the voice of the cop as well. Yeah, it is weird. I don't. I didn't get that I, part. I can explain that. Okay, but okay, keep going with your bit first. Um, 
basically the father is like in in a in a extraordinarily Willem Dafoe like you can have a relationship with my daughter. Um, <laughs> it's my Willem Dafoe. Um, in case you went away. Um, and it's like, you gotta, you gotta leave and you get to make a decision. And if you make the decision, you kind of like through the clock that through, through the, the watch that the cop is trying to find, like basically wipes that memory from your head and represses it and suppresses it. And that doesn't... That's basically the end. <laughs> and it doesn't make it better. And it, like... It, like, it is fucking terrible. <laughs> it is so, so truly awful. So it feels like nothing's really resolved apart from the fact that the main character forgot... Yeah, basically. I can, I, so I can explain the sort of the theming of what it is, right? And I only know this because someone told me when I looked up this 12-minute this, um, Tate's Women article, right? Sure. It turns out the, the message and the theming and the, the flashbacks, what, and basically the whole, the whole conceit of the game actually is the time loop isn't happening. You haven't actually had the last eight years with your wife where you're very happily married and you're about to have a kid that never happened that's all hypothetical what it is is like a mind palace for the husband trying to imagine a world where he and his half sister can be together because he likes her so the only thing that's real is that the 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 husband the, the original the father had the illegitimate bastard son and also has the daughter and then the bastard son likes the daughter. And this whole game is like the reason it loops on itself is because he can't reconcile how it would work because it wouldn't work. And it's his subconscious telling him that this wouldn't work over and over. Which is why the cop is also the father. Exactly. It's why the right. cop is also Willem Dafoe because it's his father coming in to stop them and to take them out and to, to stop it from happening. And so at the end of the game, when you go to the flashback and it takes you all the way back to a scene you haven't been before and it's your father, it's your father and you're the husband and he's like, hey, you can't do this, buddy. And, he, and you have the option to be like, I really want to. And then you fight and the father dies and that like resets the loop. Or he like, or the husband, bastard son, walks out of the room and that's the end of the game as in like it never happened because it never happened. So the only right answer is to walk away from this thing that you didn't even know was a hypothetical scenario that you've been living in for the last eight hours. Um, <laughs> what is the point? As in like, oh, hang on, like, just like who, let me try it. <laughs> you yeah, me right? a lot to think about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, uh, what, is the point of telling a story like this. And I understand that you don't have to make a game that has a, a point and an overarching story and to be good and whatever, but sure. I don't understand. I don't understand why you would choose to tell a story like this. If that makes sense. I think and this like, last third that, that we've discussed, the whole incest twist, I think it is in service of there being a big twist. I think it is just as you said of it being, we need a thing. 
that, yeah. you know, we've done this and this surprise and this surprise so far, and we need to take it that extra step. Yeah. Um, that's true. Uh, I also think that they could have done literally anything else. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. So I do have this to say, I, I enjoyed a lot of the premise of the game and the gameplay and the way it made me think to solve puzzles. Mm. Um, you know, the way it had me going like, Oh, that didn't work. There's, there's something here. There's, there's, I know there's a piece of information that I don't have, or I know there's a tactic I haven't tried that will work. What is it? And it had me thinking and turning things over and trying and experimenting. And I think that loop was quite satisfying. I think that particular loop was broken for Jeremy, which, which took away from his experience from the way it wouldn't let him do certain things or the way it spoiled certain parts of the game for him. Um, But then once it hits that ultra twist, the incest twist, somehow they're like, Oh, I forgot that we're the the brother and sister. Ha ha. Like it cheapens so much of the game. So much of a game I feel like is, is really spoiled by the direction Mm -hmm. they go in at the ending. And, and I don't even think it's spoiled in a way that's like, like, ew, incest is gross. It's like spoiled and like, this is like the cheapest, this is like quick think of the grossest thing you can think of. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't, that doesn't like that. You're, you're, you're exactly right. June. Like for me, that doesn't freak me out. I'm like, who cares? Okay. They're grossed out by it. I get that. Many, like, like basically anybody would be, hmm. but like, it feels how really... could you possibly rationalize this as being part of this story? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. That's really disappointing. Like, it, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. And the, it doesn't like, like you said, it doesn't service anything in this story and it felt so, so out of the blue. So I got through two thirds to three quarters of this game. Imagine my surprise when the final third or quarter is about an incest story because yeah. nothing at all was leading to that at all in the game. I was wondering, like, where's this game leading to? What's the ending of this game? What does the end game look like? But, like, nothing in the game at all previously was even coming close. I mean, coming do you close think to that, that story. Do you think that it would have been better if they had hints about it? No. As the story went on? No, I think it would have been better if they had a fucking editor. Um, so like, like, I, I, I honestly, I truly don't understand the point. Like it, I feel like it's either one of two things. One, it's like edgy, shocky, like, Hey, y'all remember the shining? What if we did something crazy and zany like the shining and really shocked you? You're like the shining. Hey, we even borrowed the carpet in the hallway. It's cause it's the carpet in the hallway of 12 minutes is the same carpet that they're using the shining implying that they're currently staying in the Overlook Hotel, which, like, adds nothing to anything, just like the fucking incest twist. Um, <laughs> or it, it's either that or it's, like, I'm getting a lot of questions about my rejection of incest, which should be ex- which should be explained by my shirt that says I don't like incest, <laughs> right? Like, it, it feels like, what are you... 
what what does this bring to anything? Is anyone going, oh, you know, I wasn't really too sure about it, but until I saw this, you know, I'm actually thinking maybe uh, brothers and sisters shouldn't have children together. Like, I don't, I, 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 I truly, I truly, truly, truly don't understand because it's, it's not even a forbidden love. There's no, there's no, these two people didn't know who they were and, until after they fell in love. There was no tragedy of it. There was no oh, it's unfortunate that they did have these feelings for each other and realized they couldn't be together because it was thinking like, oh, it's too late. Because there are, there are stories with fucked up, like twists like that, that are in service of something. Um, like that are in service of a, like, a, like a power domination thing. Like the end of Chinatown does it in a way that is heartbreaking and tragic and harrowing. The ending of, of Chinatown is a really intense feeling of dread um because you realize something as similar similarly as horrific as this like has happened and there's nothing anybody can do to change it but this doesn't this doesn't lean on that this leans on the main characters like feelings about it but also his desire to reject it until he reluctantly accepts it Mm. but it that doesn't give you anything either. It it just it, it it walks you through the motions of something that nobody is going to disagree with his final action, and so you're just waiting for him to get there. And mm. you don't have this sense of journey with him, like oh, I can understand him going through. It's it's just like you realize the awful situation that he would be put into, and you wait for him to get to the end of it, and took far too long for it to get there even though it was within such a short amount of time um i i truly don't get it like i and i think that this game is just a very bad story told even poorly even even yeah. e- even worse um i think i think the front two-thirds is a good ride it's a good it's a good up and down like it, it and you know good twists and good good puzzle solving and but yeah, I, it is cheapened. What, what, what was I, what was I trying to say? I uh, so I'm just going through some of our DMs, Kerry. Um, the this game fails in storytelling in a way that cheapens so much of the experience. The twist in this game direction detracts from the story. I'm sitting here going, I can't rightfully give it more than a four. I literally wouldn't recommend it to anybody at all. <laughs> um, and like. And look, and like I, I, like Harry said, I have other issues with this game. I think the animations were pretty crappy in some parts. Like they were fine in others, but they were pretty standard. I thought the acting, for the most part, was pretty like mediocre. Um, I thought like Willem Dafoe is great, but like it's Daisy Ridley and James McAvoy who are like two very talented actors, um, and I think they do a really subpar job in this in this game. Um, part of that, I think, is the direction that they were told to use American accents. Um, I, I don't think they're particularly that great with American accents. It would have been so much better if they were um, just English accents. I wonder if that's because he really wanted to set it in the Overlook Hotel, which would be even funnier. Um, <laughs> it would be so funny if, like, the director of the game cheapened the performance of this game because he wants to reference The Shining. Um, that would be very, very funny to me. Um and yeah, like, you know, I, I had some really major issues with this game, even in the gameplay part of it. Like, when the cop bursts in, he wants the watch. The watch that her father um, 
has and is worth a lot of money. And so I did a loop where I immediately drug the wife. She goes into bed. I go grab the watch. I put it on the table. I hide in the cupboard and I wait for the cop to come in, see the watch taken and just leave, right? The cop walks in, sees the drugged wife first in the bedroom, gets shocked by it, tries to wake her up. She doesn't wake up. He then looks around the house, looks directly at the table, looks directly at the watch on the table, doesn't notice the watch at all, is about to leave, thinks to look in the cupboard, finds me, handcuffs me, grabs the watch, and then kills me, all <laughs> without saying a word. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. The, the AI in that game just completely snapped and had no idea what to do. And immediately I was taken out. I was taken completely out. And I know this isn't exactly how this works, but I can't help but think maybe if they didn't have the incest stuff, that rest of the part of the game would be a little bit better. Um, <laughs> it just is fucking atrocious. Yeah. And I honestly can't think of a game that I have soured on so quickly after beating it. Um, the, um, the guy that wrote it worked on The Witness and also What Remains of Edith Finch. So you'd think that he would have some kind of idea of how to write a game. I'm pretty sure he, is, he, he worked on those as an artist, right? Yes, he wasn't writing on them. Yeah. It looks like additional credit to What Remains of Edith Finch, so who even fucking knows? Yeah. But you'd think that, I don't know, you have some fucking kind of idea of what makes a good story. So, like, as, as far as... I'm, so, this game has been in development for a very, very long time. This game has yeah, been on... Five or six years. Yeah, like, it, and it's... But it's been at PAX for, like, five or six years. It's It's been on that circuit for such a long time in various stages of development, and only until the past, like, 12 months when Annapurna picked it up, they got James McAvoy, they got Willem Dafoe, they got Daisy Ridley, things started to really, really pick up pace. Um, I, I want to say that around that time they would have been able to bring on more people to help the, get the game over the line through Annapurna publishing it. Um, I, I want to say, I reckon this story has been locked for a very, very long time. Yeah. And that is the biggest mistake any writer can make for something like this, especially when it's only you writing it. Um, like, I don't know if this game had a, a, a narrative editor. Um, if it doesn't, they should have. If they do, they should get a better one. Um, <laughs> like it, it needed it needed fresh eyes to look at this and go, "Hey, what's all this shit in the back?" <laughs> 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 it was really good until you told me that the main character fucked his sister. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here, bud? Yeah. She's Louise. I think you know what's one of the best parts about Groundhog Day? They don't explain it. You don't need to. And like I for a long time when I was younger and I watched that movie, I was like, I want to know why he was stuck in a time loop. I want to know how. But that movie works because you don't know. Yeah. It's not a it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's an ex, it's an exploration for what happens to a jerk when he's stuck in a place he doesn't want to be in. Yeah. And, and with someone he would like to be better to be with. Yes. And, and then you go through that whole thing and there's 
comedy and blah, blah, blah. But the, the story there has so much heart. And this, when you don't know that this game, that this, this story is heading towards a train crash at the end of it, feels like it's exploring a lot of different things. And it had me asking those questions of like, how would I react in this scenario? And, and what would that make me feel? And like, it, it, it had me, but yeah, they, they, they throw it all the way. They lose it on the curve. It like it, the, the thing that got me is, was it was like, like once the, once you found out that your wife supposedly killed her father, like what I did was I, cause she's, she's playing this whole thing where there's like a dessert and she's got a present to let you know that she's pregnant. Like it's a, it's a very big evening and you can do a thing where you can call the cop's daughter in a way that gets him to never arrive. And yeah. what I did is, so it was like, even as this guy who, who knows things are fucked up, what would, would there be, would there ever be, if I was in this position, would I ever just go through the loop and just try and have a nice night one time? where we have the dessert and we get the surprise, even although, even although the husband already knows it, you know, he fakes it and, you know, she has a nice reaction and they, and then they dance in the living room and then they go lie down and they say how much they love each other and stuff like that. And this really nice moment. Like what does that moment mean when you know that it's built upon lies and stuff like that? Like it has me asking those questions and it absolutely throws them all away at the end. And it doesn't even give you any meaningful questions to, to, try and pursue inside the game. There is no character development in this game at all. Like Except the the familial relationship. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you're not even developing that camera. You're just like camera, camera, that, de- developing that character. You're just uncovering a suppressed me- memory. Um, and it like the characters don't change at all in this. There's no... Like they make Groundhog Day. They reference. They just ref. They reference better time loop fiction, and it's just like your cardinal sin. You can't reference something that does it better than you. You just can't, and that's all they seemingly like know how to do. You know, they make jokes about you're gonna learn piano, right? Like you know all that, all the stuff that that Bill Murray does in Groundhog Day, but the main character doesn't do anything apart from get through more of a conversation within a the same period of time. All the character knows how to do is press the right buttons to skip conversations. Mm. And there is no learning. There is no there is no character learning. There is no learning that the character does about himself aside from the fact that he shares a parent. <laughs> um it's it it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, very bad, and I hate it. Yeah. And I am so upset because I have been looking forward to this game for such a long time. I'm um, very glad that I didn't end up buying it after you guys were talking about it last time. (laughs) Look, it's it's on Game Pass. If you've got Game Pass, it's, you know, free to make up your own I highly recommend everyone goes play the first two-thirds and then stop. You You know the end anyway. You don't need to. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I recommend you. you this far. It's kind of all game. over. There are better <laughs> games on Game Pass. So we're at the two-hour mark. There's one thing. There's one more thing. A palate cleanser. Yeah. A palate cleanser for you, June and Jeremy. 
<laughs> June, did you know this last week, Nintendo came out with a system software update? Mm. Do you know what this system software update allows the Nintendo Switch to do now? Yes, because you spoiled it for me earlier, but no, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I did realize I did say that. So the, the Switch through a system software update can now use Bluetooth audio. So you know how the Switch, when it came out, wasn't capable of using Bluetooth audio, and there's all those dongles that have come out come out to to adapt it, and now the Switch yeah. just has it, all switches because of a software update. <laughs> Am yeah. I just okay? So yeah, no, yep. Talk I'm gonna say it. it. Yeah, yeah. Walk us through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, surely that is the hardware. Uh, requirement. Oh yeah, yeah. It definitely needs to have Bluetooth hardware in order to access Bluetooth software. Yes. So, yes. are you telling me that? Keep it coming. Keep going. Keep it coming. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> that the switch this entire time had the capability for Bluetooth audio, and they never did it. Yes. Yes. Okay. How fucking weird is that? <laughs> it's so weird. I can't get That's over funny. it. I can't get over the fact that Switches for four years, four and a half years, all of them, all of them have had the capability to use Bluetooth audio and they just didn't make it work. Now, look, you know maybe what? the software wasn't there. Maybe they've optimized it, whatever. The software wasn't there. <laughs> just fucking blows my mind. Miyamoto's oh, at his computer Googling Bluetooth audio going, I just don't get it. <laughs> well, thank God we put the chip in there. I don't think I'm even upset about that. I think it's too funny for me to be mad about. I agree. Like, <laughs> I, I like the idea Stupid. that... that up like so 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 me and Miyamoto is is kind of famous for this where like he will he will walk into a game pitch play a demo get really hung up on one little thing and then everybody has to make 90 changes to to please that man um because apparently that company is a fucking autocracy and like there is there is only my way or the highway um I like the idea that up until this point, he's been using wired headphones and then <laughs> his cable kinked. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that his headphones broke and he bought some wireless ones and goes, oh, we need this to work with the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I need uh, you to get on that. <laughs> and, and they're like, well, thank God. Yeah. Thank God we, we, we have this new tech. That means that we can install hardware through a system software update. That's amazing. I'm just, I'm just surprised Nanotech. they didn't. Um, I'm surprised they didn't hide it behind Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> <laughs> I would like not be surprised if they did that. I would not be surprised at all if they did that. It, like it, they. I have said this once. I have said this a million times, and I'm going to say it again. Nintendo do not deserve the success that they have. <laughs> <laughs> They yeah. bumble and fumble into having one of the best consoles over the past 10 years. Yep. That fucking goofy-ass so company. So That's so funny. Like, so in their thing, they've said, you know, if you've got the Bluetooth audio connected, um, you can only have so many controllers connected. Yeah. There's an interference issue there or something. Um, 
He's pretty crappy like, Bluetooth in, in the console itself, so. Yeah, and, like, fair enough. That's probably why you didn't mention it for four and a half years. But, <laughs> like, why to put it in there, kids? <laughs> why? why? I, <laughs> like, to think this was part of the plan? To, like, we'll put it in there. No, they don't have a plan. But they put it in there and then they didn't enable it in the software for four and a half years. You know, to you, think it was part of their plan to either wait for the Bluetooth software to stop messing with their controllers enough or they just decided to fuck it and like just put it out there anyway. But like to think. I reckon it was a fuck it, let's put it out there and there is no thinking or planning behind it. I think that this company doesn't actually know what they're doing, which is the exact same reason why if you go into the settings of the Nintendo Switch and decide to change your theme, there's a really big blank page and in the top left corner there's a light theme or dark theme and there's nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> they. they I'm going to suggest that again, the giant bomb clip of Reggie says, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> they want multiple themes in the Switch? Fuck them. They want Bluetooth audio in the Switch? Fuck them. Hey, fuck them. It's that. So yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to give you that, June. <laughs> That's very funny. Thank you so much. No worries. I'm glad we got to experience that with you. <laughs> uh, thanks everyone for making it this far, uh, for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can find this episode and all other episodes that we've done on minimap.com.au. Um, I also recommend you go find our Game Spoilers podcast episode of the game I spoke about earlier today. Earlier in the podcast, I mentioned a Game Spoilers podcast game that we played directly. Catherine, you can go listen to that one with uh, Shane. Who was, uh, who was our teacher a long time ago and is an excellent guest on the show. He's coming back for another episode of Game Spoilers Podcast very soon. Um, so if you want some... Some shiny goodness. Minimap lore. <laughs> there you go. Um, if you want to support the show, you can... We don't have a lore. <laughs> sure we do. <laughs> if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash minimapau to support us monetarily. You can also uh, rate the show give it a positive rating on the podcast service of your choice um if you want to keep up with when the show releases and all that stuff uh you can go to twitter and the minimap account there is at minimap au we all have individual twitter accounts there as well uh june what's your twitter june is j-u-n underscore e-double-s jeremy what's your twitter uh at obi one jez carrie what's your twitter at KJ Palmer underscore 20. Um, <laughs> I did that before where I didn't answer and it just wasn't funny. I, I decided to do it again. I don't know why. Um, that's about it, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. The only law we have is company. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good though. <laughs>